Hello, my name is Father Edward Looney, and you are listening to the podcast, How They Love Mary, a podcast that I hope will either be the beginning or the deepening of your Marian devotion. I am a lover of shrines. You may have known this by many of the episodes that I've had here on How They Love Mary, talking about different shrines that I visited all throughout the country and even the world, interviewing those rectors and people who are the director or the caretaker of those places. And so where I live in Wisconsin, we are blessed with shrines. We have the Shrine and Champion, which is a Marian apparition site. We have Holy Hill, which is the National Shrine of Mary, Help of Christians. We have the Shrine to Our Lady of Guadalupe and La Crosse. There are many other shrines all throughout Wisconsin, but there's one that's a very small shrine in a very small village, maybe with a population less than 500 people, and it's in Briggsville, Wisconsin. I happen to know it because I have some friends that live down in Wisconsin Dells, and when I drive down there, I see the sign, National Shrine of St. Philomena. And I say, well, I got to turn here. I got to go pray here. And so it's located in Briggsville, Wisconsin. It's really not an extravagant shrine, one could say. There isn't a museum. There is a church adjacent that does have relics of St. Philomena. But it's not like the Mother Cabrini Shrine or the St. John Neumann Shrine in Philadelphia or many of the other shrines you might have visited in the United States. It's an outdoor grotto where a statue of a teenage virgin martyr is honored by those who visit and pray there. St. John Vianney and Pope St. Pius X both were extremely devoted to St. Philomena. And today on How They Love Mary, I'm excited to speak with the caretaker of the shrine, Susan Hilliard, who has been caretaking for the shrine for many, many years and has a devotion to St. Philomena, and she's going to tell us all about her today. So thank you so much for your willingness to join me today, Susan. It's nice to be here. Thank you for asking me, Father. And like I said, I often visit uh, the the shrine to St. Philomena, maybe about twice a year is how often I get down to Wisconsin Dells. And one of the things I often do is uh, I have the formed app and my parish has given out formed subscriptions to anybody that wants them. And so they have the old Lighthouse Catholic Talks. And Dr. Mark Mirvalli gave a wonderful talk about St. Philomena, giving the history and overview. And often, when I'm about an hour away from the Philomena Shrine, I'll listen to that talk again, just to refresh my mind about who she is. Now, St. Philomena has grown in popularity. There have been some books out there. Tan Books publishes one called... I ask St. Philomena. I know a few people that have named their children Philomena, but I think it's probably confined to close like Catholic circles that have a great knowledge of the saints. So could you share a little bit about who St. Philomena is? Well, uh, St. Philomena was, uh, she was born in the year 291, a Grecian princess, and she was a gift from God because her parents embraced Christianity they were told by their physician that the Christian God would give them a child if they prayed to him. And they, she was born to them, and they named her Philomena, Lumina, or Light, as she had been born in the light of the faith. At baptism, they gave her the name Philomena, Friend of the Light. Hmm. The emperor, Diocletian of Rome, was going to make war on their country, so her parents took her to Rome with them. Diocletian took one look at their 13-year-old beautiful daughter and said, Give me your daughter, and your people will not be harmed. They felt they had no choice but to obey his command, so they left Philomena with him. 
Philomena defied every advance of the emperor and was tortured unmercifully. He threw her in a dungeon and had her beaten every day and left to die whenever she defied him. The angels came in the night and soothed her body with salves, and by morning she was healed and ever so beautiful again. This went on for 37 days, and then the Blessed Mother appeared to her and told her she'd have to suffer terrible tortures, but to be strong, for soon she would be the princess in heaven that she never was on earth. And then the tortures began. The emperors had her thrown into the Tiber River with an anchor tied around her neck. The rope broke, and the angels carried her to shore, completely dry, before the emperor's boat returned. His next torture was to put her in the Colosseum and have archers shoot arrows at her, but the arrows would not leave the bows. He told them to light the arrows and kill her, but the arrows all deflected off of her and went back and killed the archers. He finally ordered her to be beheaded, and that was how she died, at three o'clock, just like our Lord did. She was so parallel to the way our Lord suffered, but kept herself pure because she loved our Lord so very much. This is why she's called powerful with God. Her body was taken to the catacombs of St. Priscilla, and she was hastily encased in a shelf tomb in 304, along with a vial of her blood to signify that she was a virgin martyr. I've actually gotten to touch her tomb when I went to Rome for a conference on St. Philomena's cause. Her body was buried for 1,500 years. She was one of the last Christians found in the catacombs. Napoleon was building a road through Rome when he was trying to take over the world, and her body was unearthed and then taken to the treasury of rare collection of Christian antiquity in Rome. No one asked for her remains for a while because there was no information on her until three years later when a young priest from Mugnano di Cardinale Avellino, Italy, wanted this new saint so his people would be more holy. He was denied by the Vatican the first time, but took his miracles the second time. He took his bishop the second time to receive the body that this is the time when the miracles began to happen. Uh, just just one that I can mention, a grandmother touched the eyes of a blind grandchild with the oil from the lamp burning by her body, and he immediately saw. Now, this little lamp, um, I got to, to hold it when I was spending some time at the sanctuary, and it predates Rome. It's just a, a just a little clay uh, pot type thing, but they always keep olive oil uh, in it by her sarcophagus. Cripples were healed, sick people were healed. Many things happened through the years. I have a very very old book that was written in 1894. It's a copy of uh, that book, but it tells uh, a history about Saint Philomena from the time that her body went to Mignano to, uh, well, up until probably around the, oh, maybe, oh, I guess I, I think I can tell you what year it was, but it was uh, went through all of the miracles, and uh, it was very enlightening as to what, uh, you know, what, what, what she did for people. It was unbelievable. In 1837, uh, 35 years after her exhumation, 
Pope Gregory XVI elevated her to sainthood. She was the only person recognized by the Church as a saint solely on the basis of her name and the evidence of her martyrdom. In the 1960s, the Vatican Council met and many changes were made. We no longer had the Latin Mass. The altars were turned around. The priests no longer said Mass with their backs to us. The singing was was in English. The thing I remember most was St. Philomena was taken off the church calendar because of her early time on earth and not enough known about her. Our little shrine was already flourishing as it was built in 1950. and We no longer had masses for her. People stopped coming, and it was a sad time for those she had granted favors to. And this is where my story begins. My parents owned a restaurant downtown of Brixel, and all the people used to come by the busloads for dinner after their pilgrimage to the shrine. I was 10 years old, and I had to wash all the dishes, so I remember it well. (laughs) Then the shrine was stripped down, and we were encouraged not to pray there. And we obeyed, because that's what you did in those days. You obeyed what you were told, to do what you were told. And this continued for about 35 years. I went about my life. I went to college. My father passed away when I was in second semester junior, and I had to quit college and come home to help my mother run the restaurant. I married my high school friend, had three children, took over the restaurant, and we had a priest that came only on weekends for Mass. He ate all of his meals at the restaurant, so I got to know him very well. By the end of the summer, he told me he had a wish for me, and that was that I would take up the devotion to St. Philomena again. I told him I did not want to be disobedient to my bishop, to my church, or my priest, but I would pray about it, and pray about it I did. I prayed about it fervently, and um, she came to me in a dream, and she told me, to spread her devotion, I needed to paint a picture of her. Hmm. And I thought, oh my, I, I, you know, my, my little argument with her was filming, and I've never painted a person before. I painted some landscaping and stuff, but never a human being. I said, I, I'll try to do it, but you must guide my hand, because I know I can't do it without you. And so I started in painting the picture. After, or during this year, it took me to paint the picture, I felt she put me where I needed to be. She put me on the church council. And a month later, I was elected president of of the council. When the picture was done, I went to the parish council, and I asked our priest and council, would they allow a a painting of St. Philomena to hang in the church? And I was, um, our priest at that time said no. He was still being obedient to the bishop that told us to just you know, not go there. And I said, well, well, Father, I said, why? Why don't you want it here? And he said, well, he said, I don't have any devotion to her. And he said, I just don't want it here. And I said, but you're leaving soon. And and he was suffering from dementia. And I said, could we take a, a vote with the parish council and see how they feel about it? Because I'm painting it for the people of the church. And so we took a vote, and it was unanimous. Everybody wanted St. Philomena back in the church. So he said, well, all right, we'll go ahead with it then. So we, when it was time to hang the painting, uh, his mother was here for a visit, so my husband and I hung the painting in the church. 
and the next morning I went to Mass, and he was standing in front of the painting with his arms crossed, looking very stern, and he turned around and looked at me, and he said, come up here. And he said, what is this? And I said, well, Father, it's St. Philomena. Do you like it? And he said, I don't want it here. I said, well, where would you like me to put it? I'll put it wherever you'd like. He said, I don't want it here. I don't want it in the church. But I said, Father, you said if everyone wanted it, you would allow it. And he said, well, he said, all right then. He said, I I don't want to have anything to do with it. He said, "Just, just do what you have to do. And I said, well, Father, you know, in the parish council minutes it said you agreed, so I'm sorry that you were upset. And he he said, oh, don't ever ask me to say a mass for her because I won't. I don't have devotion to her. Well, by this time I was very sad because I thought it would be something that everyone would want and be happy about it. So I went to back in, to the back pew, and I, and I was weeping, and I couldn't control myself. And uh, all of a sudden I felt this warm hand on my shoulder, and it was like, Oh my, well, what, someone wants me, and, and I turned around, and there was no one there. But I felt such warmth all through my body. I thought, well, it must be the Holy Spirit. And then a voice came in my head and said, why are you crying? He didn't tell you to take me down, did he? I said, he didn't. Oh, glory be to the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So I was happy. And then uh, on that Sunday, and I didn't hear about this until... A week later, the first uh, Sunday that the picture hung in the church, there was a grandmother who was going down to the University of Wisconsin hospital because her granddaughter had toxic shock syndrome. It was her crisis day. And she said, you know, uh, St. Philomena was never part of my life here in this church because I didn't come until after the shrine was closed. But she said, I saw your painting. So she said, I asked her if she'd please help my granddaughter. And when she left for for the hospital, uh, it was 8 o'clock mass, and she got down there about 10 o'clock. The doctors were coming out of the room, and she, she was afraid for the worst. And they walked up to her and said, you are the grandmother, right? And she said, yes, I am. And they said, we're happy to tell you that her fever left her at 8.15, and she's going to be fine. That was the time she was praying to St. Philomena. Oh, wow. So a little so, miracle right there in Briggsville. Oh, right yeah, right there. So uh, then we had a new priest, and because Father needed to uh, retire, and uh, he he was very kind and loving. But at Christmas time, he told me he said, "Susan, I'm sorry to break your heart, but I don't want her here anymore." And I said, "Oh, well, Father," he said, "No, I just um, it, it it was the that stigma that was about her that that um, stayed with her for so many years." Of course, he was being obedient, and I had to be obedient. So I took her down, and I took her home, and I was praying again. Now it's Philomena. We've gone two steps forward and three steps back. I said, how are we going to proceed? I said, I don't have any ideas. And so we we prayed about it every night, and I talked to her, and she came again to me, and, and she said, I want you to hang the painting in your restaurant. Everybody that comes in can see me, and then you can tell them about me, and you can, then you can spread my devotion. And she said, we may have a few conversions, too. And she said, get some holy cards made with your image on it, 
And she said, then you can hand them off to people, and they can carry me in their purse or in their wallet. And I said, okay, Philomena, if that's what you want, I'll work on it. And so I thought, how in the world am I going to do this? But as, as the Lord would provide, I had worked with a very famous <clears throat> wildlife artist named Owen Grammy. So I knew his lithographers, and so I called them. They were up in Minnesota, and they said, could you come by my house and look at a painting that I've done and see if it is worth printing? And they said, certainly, Susan, on our next trip to Chicago, we'll stop by and take a look at it. So they came, and they took a look at it and said, yeah, we can fix you up. And I said, well, how much is it going to cost? And they said, well, you know, printing is a very, very... Uh, uh, expensive process. We have to make plates. We have to have the best oil or the best ink, and we have to um, the best need the best paper. For what you want, it probably will run around seven thousand dollars. I thought, oh, okay, thank you. I'll let you know. And when they left, I thought, so I mean, this is just too hard. I won't have seven thousand dollars. I have three children in college, one in law school. And my husband and I were running ambulance to give back to the community and and to uh, help out a little with the finances. We did that from the time we got done work at night until at 7 o'clock in the morning. And it was like, there's not going to be any money, Philomena, unless you provide it. So you're going to have to step in because I'm going to have to step back until you do. So... It, it 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 was like, oh my, how is this ever, ever going to happen that I'm going to get this done? And at that point in time in the state of Wisconsin, the Wisconsin Lottery came into the state. And we, had to, we actually got approved for a terminal in our little restaurant. And they came with the machine, and, and I said to my husband, I'm going to buy a ticket just so I know how to how to operate this machine because I don't want to look like an idiot when people come in to buy a ticket. So I bought a ticket. Well, I got this. It was easy enough. I put the ticket in the drawer and didn't went about my business. And about two weeks later, the Wisconsin Lottery called, and they said, do you know that you've had a big winner in your restaurant? I said, well, what silly person won't check their numbers if they're buying tickets? And I said, well, maybe I can help you. I said, well, could, do you have a time on the ticket? Because people were getting kind of regular about when they came in. I said, maybe I can find the person that has the ticket. And she said, well, it says 7.30 in the morning. I said, 7.30 in the morning? We don't open until 8 o'clock. How could that be? And I thought, oh, my, it might be my ticket. And, the, and I had thrown the ticket in the junk drawer, and I thought, oh, I hope, that, I hope the ticket's still there. And I went to the drawer, and it was. And I said, please read me the numbers. And she read them off. And I said, it's my ticket. And I said, could you tell me what the prize is? And she said, $7,000. Oh, wow. These are things you can't and make up. <laughs> I always get very emotional about it. But I thought, there, now, now we've got the money. Now we can go forward. And she said, uh, she wanted me also to take the money from the prints that I would sell and start a, a little um, devotion to her. So that's how I had the cards printed and and went on to do some upgrades on the shrine. and And it it was a it was a tough battle because 
I had no one, no religious person that could guide me. I had the Lord, and I had St. Philomena, and Blessed Mother, and all the saints working for me, but I didn't know how to proceed without getting into trouble. So I thought, well, her body must be somewhere. She must, it, you know, she had to be, has to be someplace. So I did some research, and I found out where her body was. And so I wrote a letter, and I said, I'm, you know, who I am, and I'm trying to spread the devotion to St. Philomena, but I need some help because I don't know a lot about her. And two weeks went by, three weeks went by, and a letter came. And it was a letter saying, I will not give you permission to spread her devotion. You know nothing about her. You you will never get permission unless you come to her home here in Lignano. Well, again, I thought, well, I'm going to have to put this letter aside because I can't afford to do that right now either. So I'm right back with St. Philomena. Okay, what are we going to do now? How, how am I going to proceed? And about a month later, I, uh, 4 o'clock in the morning, the phone rang, and my husband and I were on duty, and we were both getting dressed, ready to go, and I was answering the phone because our calls came through a fire phone. And I, I said, hello, hello. I said, how can I help you? What's your fire number? Please talk to me. And I heard nothing. And then all of a sudden I heard church bells ringing, bong, bong, bong. And this voice finally said, Susanna Hilliardo. This is Don Giovanni Brodsky from the Monyama, dear Donali, Sanctuary, Santa Filomena. I don't make I should say a priest that hollered at me. <laughs> and I was so taken aback at 4 o'clock in the morning, and he started talking to me in Italian. Well, I didn't understand Italian. And I said, I don't understand. I don't understand. And he said, uno momento. And he said, secretario, secretario. So his secretary got on the phone, and her name was Maria. And she said, Susan, I'm Maria, and I speak English, and I'm Don Giovanni's uh, secretary for 25 years. He wants you to come to the shrine. I said, Marie, I promise, tell him I promise I will come when I can afford it, but right now I'm financially unable to come to to Mugnano. She said, oh, no, no, Susan. She said, you you don't have to worry about that. There's an express ticket coming for, for you watching the mail. I said, really? And she said, yes, yes, he wants you to come to learn all about St. Philomena. Well, I got off the phone at 4 o'clock in the morning. I thought I was still dreaming. And my husband looked at me and he said, well, you're not going, are you? I said, I have to go. I've hardly ever been out of Brinksville. But he said, she'll take care of me. I know she will. I'm not afraid. So I adventured to go in January to the sanctuary. I got there. They left me be in front of her body for a good hour because I could not control my emotions. What a blessing I had. And um, then Maria came to me. She said, Suzanne, you must go to bed. Don Giovanni has, has given you the bishop's room. I said, wow. She said, you must go to bed if we have a big day tomorrow. I said, what's tomorrow? She said, you're here for St. Philomena's birthday. Big celebration. I said, really? It's her birthday? Wow. So I went up to my room up in the dome where there used to be a convent and went into my room, and it was a lovely room. And I prepared for to go to bed, and I went to sleep right away. 
and in the middle of the night, there was a loud, loud noise. The shutters were banging, and I thought, well, we're on the side of a mountain. I guess it kind of gets a little windy up here, so I just went back to sleep. <clears throat> well, at 6 o'clock in the morning, I was awake, woke, but woke up with drums beating, like, bum, 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 bum. I said, oh, well, Marie showed me a little sliding door up in the bishop's room that I could slide across, and I could look down into the sanctuary. So I did that, and I thought, oh, my gosh, it's 6 o'clock in the morning. Mass isn't until 11 o'clock. There's a whole bunch of people down there already. I better get dressed and go down and see what's going on. And so I went down, and, of course, everyone spoke Italian, and I don't didn't know, couldn't talk to anybody. But I said to Maria, I said, Maria, put me in the back. Please, I want to observe everything that's happening if they can have a mass for St. Philomena here, I must take this back to the United States and, and see if we can't start having masses for her again. I said, I'll just sit back here and observe. And she said, oh, no, no, Susan. She said, Don Giovanni has a chair up by the altar for you with your name on it. And it's it like, oh, Marie, I don't want to be in front of everyone. She said, you must. It's a very special day. And so I went by my chair and it said, U.S. USA, Suzanne Hilliard, and she said, and you will be carrying up the oil that is blessed for um, St. Philomena's birthday, the first vial of oil, you will carry it to the bishop to be blessed for the world. And I thought, oh my gosh, the blessings just kept coming and coming and coming. When I got there, to back up just a little bit, I prayed in front of her, her sarcophagus for about an hour, and I observed everything in there. Now, St. Philomena has a little vial of blood that's right on the bottom left-hand corner of her sarcophagus. And I looked at it, and it was like burgundy, like dried blood would look inside of a little glass vial. I observed all of her, her trappings, her beautiful clothes. She has silk hair because, of course, she, she, her, she is not incorrupt. She, her skeleton is there. I looked at all these things. Well, after the Mass was over the next day, I went back to thank her. People were clearing out. And I looked at that pile of blood. And I thought, oh, no, I'm delusional. How am I going to know if I'm seeing what I'm seeing? And Maria had gone home, and I wanted to ask her about it. And so I looked around, and I had spoken to a man from Scotland earlier in the day, the only one that, that spoke English that I talked to. And he was still praying, and I went over and I said, excuse me for interrupting your prayer, but could you tell me what you see when you look at the vial of blood? Oh, Mom, he said, it's as blue as the sky or as blue as the sea. He said, she, it's her birthday. She always shows us something special. He said, I come every year, and every year I see something very special from her as a thank you for her happiness. And it was, Father. It was as blue as the sky or as blue as the sea. I could see through it. I could see a doily behind it that was that the vial of blood in the yesterday what had been sitting on. So that was my little miracle that she showed me. The next morning I went down to look at it again, and it was right back to the burgundy color. Mm. So I, I, I un, uh, unbelievable. You know, I they, I was there for a week. I got to hold the papal ring that one of the popes left in, at the sanctuary for, for his his loving care care that Saint Philomena gave him when there was an uprising in Rome. I got to go through all the files to see the thousands of miracles that were documented. Um, 
whatever I wanted to do, they they allowed me to do with much trust, and I was so so blessed. So I came back to Briggsville, and I have carried on, um, you know, her devotion since then, and um, it not with a lot there, not with all happiness. Much suffering goes along with it, but in the end, the Lord is so kind and and gentle to all of us that we can persevere and carry on. So that's kind of my story. I had another one uh, about going back to a conference on her cause, and that was another blessing. So of all the places in the United States, devotion kind of flourished in this little village of Briggsville, Wisconsin. How was it that that shrine was built there in that city? Well, there there was a priest. His name was Father Wilsius, and he was um, in the Milwaukee area. He received a first-class relic from uh, um, Miss, Mrs. Kinney, whose, uh, let's see, I think it was her cousin or uncle, was a priest, and he brought the, the relic from Naples, and she had it. Now, Father Wilsius never met her, but when in her passing, he he was bequeathed her her relic, and so he he became um, elderly himself and was uh, in a hospital in Milwaukee, and blessed people with the relic. And I imagine had lots of favors granted, but there was no documentation of that. When he himself got ill. Now, at that point in time, we were in the Milwaukee Diocese, and uh, so they sent him to Briggsville because we're tiny and, and not much work involved in all the uh, big parishes, and with him he brought the relic, and he instilled the love of St. Philomena in all of the parishioners, and it was decided that we should build a shrine to her, so uh, that's how the shrine got started, and uh a couple of very interesting things in the history. Uh, when when the, the statue came, uh, who Father Wilsius' father paid for it. It was it's made of Carrari marble and it came from Italy. When they, it was created up, it was set in the shrine, and the next morning they were going to set it in the floor. Well, in the night, the housekeeper woke Father Wilsius and told him to hurry quickly out to the shrine. Someone was destroying it, so the two of them went outside in their night clothes. And here, lo and behold, the box that St. Philomena was packed in, the wooden crate had blown apart. There were even boards across the street, and all the packing was all over the yard. I guess she just didn't want to be in a box. Hmm. When when Jake, the, uh, the mason that did all the stonework, and he was not a Catholic, and he was in the 70s, but he was a good mason, he agreed to do it. And he, but he had a bad hip or leg or something because he always walk, walked with a crutch. He said he would do it, you know, if he had some help from the younger people carrying the stone. And so on the third day, he didn't have his crutch anymore, and everyone said to him, where is your crutch? He said, well, he said, my new little girlfriend healed me. I don't need it anymore. So that was another favor that she let us see and 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 made us more loving towards her. Sure. And uh, so, and Father Wilsius, well, Bishop O'Connor is the one that dedicated the shrine in 1950. And um, there were 1,500 people here for that dedication. 
Now I don't know where they where they were because they couldn't all get into the church, but it must have been a beautiful day, and and it was all done outside for the mass and such. So you know that's that's kind of how it got here. And then you know as I do research on her, uh, Saint Philomena's body was found on the feast day of Our Lady Help of Christians. The name of our parish is St. Mary Help of Christians. That would have been May 24th. May 25th. 25th. Is the, yes. So that's our, our name saints day and our St. Philomena day. It's interesting, you know, you mentioned about the mason builder using the crotch, doesn't have to use the crutch anymore. And there's stories about when Philomena's body was brought into the town where her relics were going to be, that people were almost instantly healed as she passed by. So it, she does intercede, and these miracles do come about by the intercession of Saint Philomena. So you mentioned that date. Uh, her relics were found on the feast of Our Lady Help of Christians. Now, mm-hmm. uh, there are other feast days as well. You mentioned her birthday in January, and then in August there's a feast day. What are all the feast days all about, and what are the significant dates in the life of Philomena? Okay. Uh, it, uh, in, in August 10th is the day of her death. So that's one one feast that we celebrate. On the 11th was the day that her body arrived in Munyano, and that was their celebration day for receiving her her body. So that's always a big celebration. Of course, January 10th, that that is another one, and that's her birthday. On the 25th of May, we have a, a mass for her, and and that is the day that her remains were found. Okay, so those are the significant dates, okay? And mm-hmm. do a lot of people in Briggsville, do they come to the shrine there? Of course, they go there for Sunday Mass. Like, in my mind, I would just envision people would walk from the, the church, or as they're walking into church, they might make a visit to St. Philomena. It, it's just been, well, it's one of those things that's kind of, uh, in my opinion like i have a a very historic grotto at one of my churches and so i wish more people were there every day i don't know why people don't come and pray their rosaries there for example so um i'm just wondering about the local devotion then well it's questionable i guess i would say there are a few parishioners that have great devotion to saint philomena but i don't see a lot of them in the shrine um, I see more more strangers come to the shrine, or people from other uh, other towns. I see a lot of seminarians. We have a beautiful little cemetery behind the church with a, a you know a, a road, blacktop road, and people come and walk that and do the rosary. And um, it, it, it's they're coming more and more. Let me say that, Father. There's more people coming than ever, and I don't know if it's if it's because of the way of the world. You know, I, I sometimes I think about 50... The Lord left her buried for 1,500 years, and he now she's with us. And is it because she's a saint for our times? Why Why does the Lord do what he does? And now someday we'll know, but right now it's she's flourishing. She's just unbelievable. The things that have 
that I mean, I'm so busy. I get prayer requests all from all over the world, from Africa, you know, from Ukraine and from Russia. Those people are suffering so, and I try to write back to them and give them some kind of a, a outlook at that same Philomena will watch over them or help them just keep the faith. And uh, that my little, well, I guess my little work job here is, is turned into a big work job. So, but that's okay. That That's what she wants me to do. That's what I will do. And greet the people. Unbelievable people. Unbelievable stories. When people come to her masses, it's like a family reunion because everybody that comes has, has a story. I know of probably, oh, 15, 16 little Phillips or Philomena's that their mothers were barren and they wore the cord that St. John Vianney originated and became pregnant. Hmm. And, you know, I don't have a lot of documented miracles, but I do have a little file, and, and I usually copy them and send them over to Italy so they can include them in their archives there. Sure. So you share a great association with the shrine in Italy then? Yes, yes. I've worked with the shrine there for 26 years. Okay. And they, I recently I was appointed to the executive board of the Universal Arch Confraternity of St. Philomena. So we're we're planning in 2024 to have a conference on St. Philomena here in the United States. So we'll see how that all pans out. Where would it be? Would it, it be in Briggsville, Wisconsin, or Wisconsin oh, Dells, and you make so. a pilgrimage? Or? Well, we need a place that's quiet, serene, and holy. <laughs> I don't know that the Dells would be the place that people would want to go, but I'm. if anybody out there has a, a conference center that, that Christian people would like to be at, um, I, I'm going. To, I'm going to get some help from the from Father Gary. He's our pastor, and he's a wonderful, wonderful man. He is so holy and um, and so helpful to me that I I I bless. I'm blessed. Let's say for his kindness and goodness to me. So anyway, if you have anybody that wants to tell me that they have a conference center that we would like to keep all the people eating, stay staying, and in a conference area so that they can get to know each other because these people are coming from come from all around the world. Uh, our Zoom meetings, there's, there's um, usually about 18 of us, but Mexico, Portugal, France, and it's a very difficult to, to do a Zoom meeting with people with so many different languages, but it's very interesting too. Oh, so wow. if those people, you know, can come and, and, uh, and we we can all share, you know. Then then that just makes things better. I think it'll increase her devotion. Um, I, I I'm blessed. That's all I can say. That the the I had a, a busload of people come a week ago from Michigan, and all sixty two of them hugged me when they left. They said, "You are so blessed." And how kind that was to say that to me when I'm nobody. I'm just somebody that God picked, maybe somebody that St. Philomena picked to do this work. But it's a blessing to do it. So if God ever calls anybody out there to do something, you jump on it, even if it causes you pain and sorrow at times. Because the blessings are more than 
um, beneficial. Well, this is wonderful. I'm grateful that you were able to share about Philomena, about your own story with Philomena, about how Briggsville uh, became a center of devotion to her. I, I guess I have one last question, and it's just maybe a clarification. So you mentioned that the shrine was closed. So it's an outdoor shrine. So how did they close it? Did they, like, put gates well, around it? it, it, or? it no, no, no. It wasn't closed as in you shut a door. It was closed by by order of the priests and order of the diocese at that time. It was not open for devotion. So people, you, it was there, but it was all stripped down, and all that was in there was the statue. Oh. So okay. that, the, and so it was kind of just left, and it was in disrepair, and, um, you know, so, so it just was there. And, and when, when this priest, you know, came to me and said, I thought, well, I started, you know, I started, uh, you know, he, he was he was our priest. And he wanted me to do it at that point in time, so I did. I went in, cleaned it up, and and what can we do here? And it started from there. So, so if people want to make a pilgrimage, if they want to learn more about the Saint Philomena Shrine, if they happen to be in the Greater Madison area, how can they learn more about your shrine there at Mary Help of Christians Parish in Briggsville? Uh, with the adjacent St. Philomena Shrine? Well, we, we do have a, uh, a website and, uh, a, and a store, and the, the uh, address is www.stphilomenashrine.org. And then, then that's a direct contact to me. And I can, if they want to, there's a place there that you can go and want, if you want a pilgrimage. If you want me to come and talk with you, you know, if you do is make a request. And if it, if I'm free at that time, I certainly will come and, and tell you, tell them about St. Philomena, which I, I do all the time, rain, snow, sleet, or whatever, all types of seasons. We have a beautiful new devotional room in the church, um, Two years ago, we, we had a renovation in the church, and um, right now, the the first class relic, which was always in the closet, is on the wall in that devotional room. And um, I got a wonderful statue um, from a closed convent over, I guess, in the Fond du Lac area it came from. But all I had to do when she came was to give her a bath, and she's beautiful. Well, that's wonderful. As I mentioned earlier, I try to visit St. Philomena twice a year at the least, and I encourage others who are in Wisconsin or the surrounding area to maybe consider making a pilgrimage, or if you're making a Wisconsin pilgrimage, to not forget about St. Philomena. Well, thanks so much, Susan, for joining me today. Well, I'm very blessed to be able to do this, and I hope I've touched a few people's hearts in this the stories are a little bit out there, but they're absolutely, you know, true, and and I'm so happy to have had them happen to me. So God bless you all, and, and you too, Father. I appreciate your help in this matter because it's very important to get her word out there to people who are in need and sad in this day and age. People need intercessors, and St. Philomena can pray for them. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to today's show and for all the many ways that you support the podcast. If you want to help out the podcast, be sure to check out Sock Religious. I love their socks. I love their shirts. And so go over to Sock Religious, use the link in the show notes, and buy some holy socks or some holy shirts that you can wear to evangelize your family and your friends. If you also want to support the podcast, I invite you to please share the podcast with your friends or on your social media platforms. Rate or review the podcast on Apple Podcasts. And if you don't mind, please follow me on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. My handle is at FR Edward Looney. You'll see all of the posts, all of the content that I put out each week by following me there. Thanks so much again for listening today. Know that I am entrusting you to the heart of Mary, asking her to pray for you this day and every day. And if you don't mind, say a prayer for me too. Let us remain united in prayer to Jesus through Mary. God bless.